0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allantempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Our scripture that was previously read came from the gospel according to Dr. Luke. The text was Luke, the 11th chapter. And the reading was the 29th through to the 32nd verses. Indulge me as I read it for you one more time. As the crowds were increasing, he began to say, this generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign And yet, no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. On Saturday, August 26, 2023, at a Dollar General store in a predominantly black neighborhood of Jacksonville, Florida, a white man wearing a mask fired a weapon emblazoned with a swastika, thereby taking and claiming the lives of three black people, namely 52-year-old Angela Michelle Carr, 19-year-old Analt Joseph Laguerre and 29-year-old Gerald Gallion. The store where the shooting took place is near the Edward Waters University, a historically black AME school with about 1,000 students. The reports are that the school said the man was spotted on campus by a security guard shortly before the shootings. And he was asked to identify himself and thus Refused. He was then seen putting on his bullet resistant vest and mask before driving away. After he had done the shooting, the shooter, who had also posted racist writings, killed himself. There's no question the killings were racially motivated, the sheriff told CNN. The killer was armed with an AR 15 style rifle and a handgun which were both legally purchased. And he, the gunman, hated blacks and hated just about everyone that wasn't white. The sheriff said he made that very clear. The slaughter of everyday African-Americans or everyday Americans going about their daily lives is the latest in a series of shootings targeting black people including at a supermarket in Buffalo, New York last year, and, of course, our very own Mother Emmanuel in Charleston, South Carolina, in 2015. I've heard it said in the news media that since the advent of the Trump era, something evil has been unleashed in the United States of America to the point where extremist white supremacists seem to have a license to now be targeting black people. Well, my position is that they never stopped targeting black people. It is only now appearing more common because of social media and video. Black people have always been the target of racial animus since the very founding of this nation. And generation after generation, the problem of violence against black people has not gotten better. <laughs> it just, it's just being prosecuted a little more. I honestly don't know what it's gonna take for this issue of violence targeting black people to stop. However, until something substantive is done in this generation, We have to learn how to survive with this evil in what I have aptly titled today's message, The Belly of the Beast. The Belly of the Beast. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are living in difficult times, not just for people of color, but for people in general. Something is dreadfully wrong, but we need a word from you, Lord. So speak through your preacher, for I know what I have prepared, but it's only what you have to say, Lord, that truly matters. Your people have come and assembled at this table, now bread of heaven. Feed us till we want no more. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In our daughter's freshman year at Spelman College, we sat in the sister's chapel for orientation. And during one of the presentations, the following was said about all of us, but especially to every young lady that was coming into the school. This is what was said. Each child that is born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are." Each child that is born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. I remember thinking at the time that that was one of the most beautiful sentiments I'd ever heard because while we were thinking about our daughter in the moment, those words expressed a dignity inherent in all of us as human beings because we were created intentionally by a God who wanted us to reflect his glory in the world. The words were clear and I believed them. Each child that is born a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. But no sooner had those sentiments been uttered came another statement that took me out of my utopian bliss, bringing me back into the stark reality of the present. That statement was, HBCUs, or Historically Black Colleges and Universities, are often seen as places of refuge, but in actuality are the epicenter of the belly of the beast. I thought that was an odd thing for them to say, but based on the experience of the college administrators, they were not and could not try to raise and educate our children in an environment of delusion, where just because you believe you have made it this far, that you have arrived, or that you are exempt from the forces that would seek to destroy you not because you made it into a prestigious college, not because you were able to climb out of poverty and made a better life for yourself, not because you have a job and you may be earning a decent living, not because you are not like those that you see on TV getting arrested, not because you're not the victim of some kind of police misconduct, not because you dress well, or not because you are not like all them others does it mean You are exempt from the abuses and the afflictions that come with a culture and a society that is antagonistic to everything black and every kind of black achievement and black excellence. No, you are not exempt in much the same way that COVID-19 and all its variants does not discriminate in who it infects. Mm. Yes, a morning star rises and announces to the universe who you are. But that same announcement also alerts our enemy that you are here. And that enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And for every one of us, especially people of color, who have been working hard to try to live up to our faith, our hopes, and our dreams, and aspirations with dignity and honor, welcome to the belly of the beast. Our text in Luke, the 29th chapter, begins with Jesus saying, as the crowds were increasing, he began to say, this generation is a wicked generation that's what jesus says it is a very troubling thing i find for jesus to begin his sermon by calling out the people who were in attendance at his preaching conference Jesus did not mince his words, nor make any kind of appeasement to the increasing crowds simply because they paid their conference dues or their tithes or their offerings in support of the ministry. Jesus didn't care. In fact, by Jesus pointing out how wicked everyone in attendance was, he was declaring that despite there being AME or CME, Lutheran or Pentecostal, white evangelical or Despite their outward morality and their philanthropic donations to St. Jude's Hospital or Shriners or the victims of the fire in Hawaii, despite their political power or even their academic scholarship, Jesus calls them a wicked generation. Well, in other words, Jesus saw them all as evil and morally wrong. But why? Why would people who genuinely come to hear Jesus speak and to be healed by him be considered evil and immoral? Why would Jesus call them wicked? And and to make matters worse, he condemned an entire generation. Why? Are, are, Are you as curious as I am? We're talking about Jesus. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. We're talking about Jesus, the Lamb of God. He's so beautiful and so sweet. He's looking at these people who have come to hear him and to be, receive a blessing from him. This is an evil and wicked generation. Well, brothers and sisters, <laughs> I'd like to submit for your consideration two very specific reasons why Jesus did this. And I want to frame it up in the context of our own experience in this nation as people of color. Are you with me? I'm going to tell you two specific reasons why Jesus did this and then I'm going to contextualize it for us as people of color. So the first specific reason why Jesus called them a wicked generation is because of their unbelief. Mm. Now let me unpack that for you a little bit. The issue of unbelief is actually a very tricky one. But to keep it simple, Jesus was saying, in essence, that these people felt that Jesus, up to this point, had not done enough to convince them that he was the Messiah. Mm. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The people believed that at this point in the text, these people did not believe that Jesus had done enough to convince them that he was the Messiah, thereby warranting their belief. In other words, if Jesus truly expected them to believe he was the Messiah, then he would have to do a much better job convincing them than what he had done thus far. Can you imagine that? Mm. Jesus, you're good, but you're going to have to give me a little something more, my brother. You're going to have to do a little more to convince me, my brother. Now, church... (laughs) By this time in Luke's gospel, Jesus had already turned water into wine. He had already healed and cast out evil spirits. He had already demonstrated a miraculous catch of fish, so much so that the boats couldn't handle it. Jesus had cleansed lepers. Jesus healed a centurion's servant. Jesus healed a paralytic when he was lowered from a roof. Jesus raised a widow's dead son. Jesus calmed a stormy sea. Jesus sent demons into a herd of pigs. Jesus healed a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years and then turned around and raised Jairus's dead 12 year old daughter. Jesus healed a man who was paralyzed for 38 years. Jesus fed 5,000, fed 4,000 men Besides women and children. And Jesus healed numerous blind, mute, and demon-possessed persons. By this time in Luke. Jesus did all this. And now the people come to him and say, Jesus, that's not enough. We need to see some more so we can believe you. Is this bothering any of you here today? I know it bothered me. What, what, what more did they need to see? And better yet, what more (laughs) do you need to see? Come on, preacher. Has Jesus demonstrated anything in your life that would show that he is who he says he is? Has Jesus helped you make a way out of no way? Has Jesus stuck closer to you than a brother? Has Jesus brought you peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of terrible situations? Has Jesus not left you nor forsaken you? Has Jesus not given you rest for your weary souls? mm. What more do you need to see in order to be convinced that he is in fact who he says he is? I don't know. Nor can I speak for any of you. But as for me, (laughs) here is what I know. (laughs) In the beginning was the word. And the word was with god and the word was god the same word that was in the beginning with god all things were made by him yeah and without him was not anything made that was made (laughs) in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth into the darkness and the darkness couldn't understand it <laughs> and the word that word was made flesh yeah. and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth i'm talking about jesus right. he was there from the beginning yeah. and he will be there in the end I don't know what you need to see, but as for me, I need no other argument. I need no other evidence. I need no other sign, for it is indeed a wicked, evil, and adulterous generation that seeks after a sign. And Jesus called them wicked yeah, because they needed to see more in order to believe that he was who he said he was. That's the first reason. When you see something before your eyes and you need more convincing, you need to know which generation you are of. The second specific reason, I believe, why Jesus called them a wicked generation is because they were unrepentant. Mm. Let me unpack that one for you as well. It is one thing to not believe someone is who they say they are, but it's an entirely different thing to not believe what that someone is telling you. In other words, you might not be who you say you are, but is what you're telling me true? See? I don't need to necessarily believe that you are anything, but is what you're telling me true? You see, The people in Jesus's time kept pressing him to perform more and more miracles as a sign of his authority. And as I said before, they wanted the signs because they did not believe he was the Messiah, but they also did not believe his message. (laughs) As a result, Jesus refused to give them any sign, but what he did do was to make a contrast between them and another generation. Look with me again at the text. As the crowds were increasing, he began to say, this generation is a wicked generation. It seeks for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Now here it is. The queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Are you still tracking with me? And then he goes on to say, and behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Then he pivots and he says, the men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, Something greater than Jonah is here. I've told you, church, and time after time, you have to pay attention to what Jesus says. When Jesus speaks, especially when he's responding to people, you have to listen carefully to what he's saying. He's not giving you words just because he likes to talk. He's not just telling you things just because he knows stuff. He's telling you words that are really the lifeblood of your very souls. And it's worthwhile to pay attention to what Jesus is saying and to try to understand his words. This is the reason why, personally, I get mad all the time at pastors who preach from pulpits and they tell you stuff just because they want you to get excited. I don't care if you're excited. What I do care about is whether or not you live or die. I care where your soul ends up. Either you're going to be a child of the light or you're going to be a child of the dark. There is no middle ground. And to the extent that God himself breathes life into me and gives me words of inspiration and hope and courage and salvation, I am telling you that Jesus' words are true. So let's unpack it some more. Let me read for you an excerpt from Richard Rohr. He was an American Franciscan priest, and a writer on spirituality. Now, these are his words, not mine. This is what he says. Now, it's a little wordy, so I'm warning you right now. But I'm going to read it in a way that I hope it garners your attention. Listen carefully to what this Franciscan priest had to say. And I quote, as a good Jew, Jesus knew the graphic story of Jonah the prophet, who was running from God and was used by God almost in spite of himself. Jonah was swallowed by the whale and taken where he would rather not go. This was Jesus' metaphor for death and rebirth. Think of all the other signs, apparitions, and oracles that religion looks for and seeks and even tries to create. But Jesus says it is an evil and adulterous generation that looks for these things. Let me pause there for a moment. What Richard is saying is that many people are going to religion and churches because people want to see signs. So you'll watch the Word Network, and people will say, listen, if you send me $100, I'm going to send you a little cloth, or I'm going to send you some water that I pulled out of the Jordan River, and if you walk around your house 10 times and pour it on your head, you're going to get a blessing of $1,000. Just send me $200. People are looking for signs because they need something in which to believe in to give them hope. And that's what religion is offering a lot of people. Amen. Just do this and you'll get this. It's a prosperity message that is not founded or based in any kind of reality or anything that Jesus says. Are you hearing me? So people are selling you and giving you these trinkets because they don't know who Jesus is themselves. Now I'm not passing judgment on anybody. I'm simply just telling you what the word says. Jesus says, You are a wicked generation if you are seeking after a sign, because I ain't giving you no more signs. I ain't sending you no little prayer cloth. I ain't sending you no little amulet. I ain't sending you no little water that you took from your bathtub. Come on, preacher. Because I don't know who's flying all the way to Israel to get water out of the Jordan, and they have so much that I wonder why the Jordan ain't dried up by now. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Are y'all with me? So so let me continue because Richard says some more stuff here he, he, he says he says Jesus says it is an evil and adulterous generation that looks for these things that's a pretty hard saying he says instead we must go this is this is what Richard is saying he's talking about Jesus and Jesus is saying he said instead we must go inside the belly of the whale for a while mm. then and only then will we be out upon a new shore and understand our call that's the only pattern Jesus promises did y'all hear what I just said Jesus is telling us that the only sign you're gonna get is the sign of Jonah and you know what happened to Jonah so Jesus is saying, if you want to know whether or not you are a child of the light and you're not an evil generation you have to now willingly go into the belly of the beast what the author is saying is that no one, no matter how pious they may think they are, will freely and willingly go into the belly of the beast. But, but, but Richard goes on further to say, and I quote, unless, and this is the part I want you to get, unless we face a major disaster, like the death of a friend or spouse or loss of a marriage or job, we usually will not go there. As a culture, we have to be taught the language of descent, shrinking down, right? That is the great language of religion. It teaches us to enter willingly, trustingly, into the dark periods of life. These dark periods are good teachers. Religious energy is in the dark questions where there is seldom answers. Answers are the way out, but that is not what we are there for. But when we look at the questions, we look for the opening to transformation. Fixing something doesn't usually transform us. We try to change events in order to avoid changing ourselves. Mm. I especially love the part where he says, fixing something doesn't usually transform us. We try to change events in order to avoid changing ourselves. My brothers and sisters, (laughs) to say this to you in plain language, if you are looking for God, to do something miraculous in your life, if you're looking for God to fix your spouse, or fix your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or your marriage, or fix your children, or fix your credit, or heal your loved one, or make you dream numbers so you can play lotto, or whatever it is you are looking for God to do, then you are part of the wicked generation. You are part of the evil and adulterous generation that is looking for some kind of sign so that you can ultimately and finally commit yourselves and your life to God. Well, you can forget it because ain't no sign coming. That's what Jesus said, not me. Jesus said, an evil and adulterous generation look for a sign, but no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. That's what the text says. My job is just to unpack it. Furthermore, <laughs> furthermore, here's the part. If you are still looking for any kind of sign to be convinced that Jesus is God, or even to believe the message that he brings, then you will never repent. Mm. Never. And unless you repent and believe, you cannot and will not be saved. And if you are unrepentant of the things that you have done, then you are and will remain a part of the wicked generation. What a first Sunday message. Can you learn to stay with the pains of life without answers, without conclusions, and on some days without meaning and still be satisfied that Jesus himself is who he says he is and that he is enough. That, my brothers and sisters, is the dark and perilous path to which we are called and for how we are to live inside the belly of the beast. So, as I stated, your consideration the two very specific reasons why Jesus called them a wicked generation is because one their unbelief in his identity and two their unrepentance after hearing his words now I'll frame this all up in the context of our own experience as people of color Jesus made the statement this generation is a wicked generation it seeks for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Here are the two examples. The Queen of the South will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom and Sol- of Solomon, and behold... A greater than Solomon is here. That's the piece. A greater than Solomon is here. Then he pivots again. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, here it is. Something greater than Jonah is here. In this text, Jesus used a sign of Jonah as an example that was given to the Ninevites, to that Ninevite generation. As I've shared with you before, Nineveh is a place of utter brutality. It was a place where the people were, in fact, savages and spent their whole lives conquering a people that were peaceful, minding their own business, and ain't trying to cause no trouble. In short, Nineveh, let me tell you about Nineveh, is a place and a consciousness that I have called the belly of the beast. For you see, in Nineveh, the belly of the beast, you can't drink from certain water fountains as the Ninevites. Come on, preacher. In Nineveh, the belly of the beast, you can't sit at the same lunch counter as the Ninevites. Well. In Nineveh, the belly of the beast, you're not allowed equal protection under the law as the Ninevites. Mm-hmm. In Nineveh, the belly of the beast, they bomb and shoot up your churches even during Bible study. Mm. In, in Nineveh, the belly of the beast uh, they bomb your homes and your schools in Nineveh the belly of the beast they burn crosses on your lawn they choke you to death in the streets they mistake a pack of skittles for a weapon in Nineveh the belly of the beast and in Nineveh the belly of the beast they shoot innocent people at dollar stores that's what happens in the belly of the beast It is a place of evil, utter evil, and a place where people of African descent have to learn how to survive. It it, it is a dark and perilous place where through chattel slavery, a civil war, reconstruction, and Jim Crow, the killings of people like Amadou Diallo, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and countless others, we have to learn how to live with the pain of life without answers, without conclusions, and on some days without meaning. That's what it means to live inside the belly of the beast. Inside the belly of the beast is not to have any exemptions because of our confessed faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, but to suffer abuses and afflictions that come with a culture and a society that is antagonistic to everything black. Yes, a morning star rises and announces to the universe, who we are. But our enemy roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And for every one of us, especially people of color, we indeed carry a heavy cross in the belly of this beast. But there's good news. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, the whole sermon so far has been depressing. (laughs) It's first Sunday. They want communion. They just want communion and go home. But we got to tell the truth. Because our survival depends on it. Because what happened to the dollar store people in Florida can happen the moment we leave here at any time in any place. And if you don't know that to be true, then guess what? You are delusional. Because we're living in the belly of the beast. But there's good news. Come on tell you there's good news and the good news my brothers and sisters is the example Jesus gives in the sign of Jonah you see I've been telling you that the only way you're surviving is to embrace the belly of the beast to, to willingly go into the belly of the beast don't let your circumstances a lost loved one force you into that place of depression and despair we're saying you go That's what we're saying. You willingly go in there because in there is a place of learning. But there's a reason why we want you to do that. And here it is. When God sent Jonah to preach a message of repentance to the Ninevites, Jonah refused. Jonah was not going. Jonah wasn't having it. As a matter of fact, Jonah went in the opposite direction to a place called Tarshish. Jonah was not having it. And his refusal ended up sending him into the belly of a fish. Now, it, the text reads in the original language in a, that he went into a, a great fish, the belly of the beast, where he spent three days and three nights. But after that, he was rescued, and God gave him back his life. Then Jonah went to Nineveh, preaching a message of repentance. The people believed him, and they were saved. But a greater than Jonah has come. Do you see the good news yet? You're not convinced? All right. Let me give you the other story. The queen of the south, from the farthest ends of the earth, came to see Solomon. You all know her, the queen of Sheba, the sister. She came to see Solomon, not for him to prove his great wisdom. No. For she did not ask for any signs, but instead to listen to his words of wisdom. And for what he had to say. Solomon was so wise that this woman would travel from so far just to hear the wisdom of Solomon. She didn't need a sign. She just needed to hear his words because Solomon was so wise. But a greater than Solomon is here. The third story. Now God sent his son Is only begotten son. A man born of a woman to preach a message of the kingdom of God to a people of his generation. Yet instead, they beat him, they spat on him, they scourged him, and they flogged him. Then they pierced him, nails in his hands, nails in his feet, pierced in his side, could barely breathe, could have come down from the cross, yet he remained, standing in all of the price he paid. Sounds familiar? Yes, sir. And his refusal to save himself sent him into the grave, into the belly of the beast, yep. where he spent three days and three nights. Come on, But after that, three days and three nights. But after that, he was resurrected and rose again from the dead demonstrating a sign greater than Jonah, greater than Solomon, greater than Moses, and greater than all the prophets of old conquering death, hell, and the grave. And in the immortal words, of West Morgan I never knew a love so true he gave his life and still I hurt you lost so many times crucifying you again and again in my unbelief but I repent forgive me for my sins Jesus paid it all yeah. up on that cross he bled and died cause I was lost so here I am surrendering all Lord hear my cry on my knees I fall you paid it all you paid it all you paid it all my brothers and sisters as a black person and one who embraces the Christian faith I do not despair and I have no fear while we may have to live inside the belly of the beast Uh it's only for little while for there is no greater sign than that we will be delivered one day if we only just believe that Jesus is who he says he is and if we repent for the kingdom of God is at hand do this do this and you will find rest for your weary souls inside the belly of the beast. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.